Hello and welcome to a special bonus thank you edition from the RPG Academy podcast. I am Michael and I have brought along with me, as I always do, my favorite co-host and yours, the Caleb G. Caleb, how are you doing this fine evening? Still recovering from a catacomb. That's how I'm doing. Even though this episode will not air for another week after the real time we are recording it, I am still GD recovering. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's very fortuitous that you would happen to mention a catacomb because that, my friend, is why we are here It's almost like I knew what we were going to do tonight. Well, you never have before because I never communicate before, so this would be the first, right? Maybe second? Hey, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. So, Caleb and I wanted to talk for a few minutes uh, and just, again, say thank you to some people that really helped make a catacomb happen and maybe share some stories about what went on. We're not going to get too in-depth because we do want to do an actual live show with as many of the faculty and some of our network friends as possible to go over it in-depth, but we thought it would be a, a nice Thanksgiving surprise to do so. So the only thing we're going to talk about tonight really is a catacon. So if you don't care about a catacon, then just go ahead and turn this episode off because you're really not going to get anything else out of it. If you do care about a catacon, and most specifically, if you came to a catacon this year and you are looking forward to a catacon next year, then you should listen to this episode and you should listen to the very end because there might be some information at the end of the episode that you will be very, very, very interested in. Caleb, thank you. Thank you for for all of your help in making a catacomb happen, both before and during. Uh, Talk about it. Wax poetically about a catacomb. Oh, man. A catacomb was a tremendous success this year. Uh, We tripled our numbers almost. Really close. Because I've always told people we were 132, but I was kind of exaggerating a little bit because that wasn't counting, or that was counting all of us. So it was really closer to like 120, and we got to almost 350 this year. Yeah. So we we tripled our numbers, our first, our second open to the public year. We changed venues. We changed venues to a much larger, more complicated, more expensive venue. We added panels we added vendors we were in an actual city where there were actual places to go and we were open to the public of people walking in to buy tickets the day of we didn't go from okay we had a successful catacomb let's just see what happens next year we went all the way to full-blown, this is the real deal, gaming convention. And with all of that in mind, we were still amazingly successful. So that is very impressive. I I attribute that all to you, Michael, because you're the one that did the majority of the work and really made this happen. You wrangled all the cats of the faculty, (laughs) of the guests, of... The registration, the scheduling. Guys, I did so little this year before a catacon. I busted my ass when we were at a catacon. <laughs> but all the pre-work, all the prep work, that was all on Michael's shoulder. So all of that thanks and gratitude is returned right back to you tenfold, sir, because you made a catacon happen. But uh, 
yeah, th- this was just an impressive year. I'm I'm kind of blown away by the fact that we not only did it again, increased, did it better. We had practically no problems. Knock on wood, but y- y- yeah, like I, it was pretty remarkable, and I and I think that one of the things that made me very happy, and we've had this conversation before, and we've we've had it again since this and this event, and we will have it again in the future. How big can a catacon be and still be a catacon? And that is something that I, I am concerned about because I want a catacon to grow. I, I absolutely have designs that someday that could be my job, just to organize a catacon and make enough money off of it that that can sustain me so that I can podcast full time and work on a catacon. That is like a dream. Whether we'll ever get there or not, who knows? Who really cares? I'm gonna, I want to work for it because I'm enjoying it. But I don't want to get to the point where a catacon isn't a catacon anymore, and, and I don't know what that number is. But we took a substantial leap forward. And and I know we talked about this last year. I had such a good time last year just watching people play games. It was a it was as close to a spiritual event as I probably get these days. And it was amazing. And then to have this event, I realized last year wasn't I don't want to say it wasn't anything, because it was a special event for a lot of people, myself included, but it really wasn't a convention. I thought it was a convention, but it wasn't. It's just like if you think you have a big TV until you go to someone else's house has a bigger TV and all of a sudden your TV's not big anymore. That's what a catacomb was. It's like we had this thing and it was awesome and it was our first convention. But looking back compared to this year, it wasn't really a convention. It was just a gamer's weekend where rather than being in my basement, we rented out a hall and we invited some we invited more people over. But that's a, a way to wrap back around to what you said is that even though we had people there who had no idea who we were, I think the spirit of what you and I tried to accomplish, that, that feeling of in, um, inclusiveness and welcomeness and being an ambassador to the hobby and just focusing on fun, that was prevalent. And just about everyone I talked to, that was the spirit of the games. People were just having fun. And so we definitely didn't get there this year. We we can definitely do this again and it still be a catacon. And it was incredible. Like I said, we had so few problems. And again, I will take credit for doing a lot of the pre-work, most of that because I was here. It's like, it's hard to say you should have done more because it doesn't make sense for you to call game stores when I'm right next to them. It doesn't make sense for you to drive down to go to the DCC when I'm next to it. But from my management style, what I will say is it's hard for me to manage someone when I don't know what they're supposed to do. And I learned so much about how to do this this year that I feel a lot more comfortable that I would be able to delegate this coming year because I can still check in. Like if I give you a task or you assume a task and you're like, hey, I'm, I'm struggling here, I have information that I can go, well, this is how I did it. may not work for you, but this is advice. I think that was my fears because I didn't know how to follow up with anybody. I was afraid to delegate to anybody. And that is not going to be the case this coming year. Well, that makes sense. The the fact that we are still learning how to do this, but learning quickly is very important. I think that demonstrates that we are eager to make this a successful venture going forward. Being able to delegate and distribute the workload is super, super important for the survival of us personally, the convention, and the podcast themselves. Uh, Speaking of delegation, a lot of that work is going to get delegated to the faculty of the RPG Academy, and all of those guys who were there helping out 
this year, 2016, a Catacon deserve a whole hell of a lot of praise. Uh, these guys stepped up. They We didn't really have a set schedule of you need to be here helping now. You have this task. You have that task. We, it was all a jumbled mismatch, but we got it done. And, and these these guys spent their time helping us out. Yes, they got to go out and have fun, grab dinner, hang out, go to the bar, play games, run games, but they stepped up. So they, they deserve a, a big shout out here. Oh, absolutely. Because no, no plan is worth anything without execution. And we executed the hell out of that weekend. And I felt like I was executed when we were done. <laughs> yeah, but again, if, if, there's there's a lot of people that we want and need to thank, but it starts absolutely with the faculty. Michael, Jared, Brad, Nick, Ryan, Travis, Rocky, and then Matt, and then Scott from the online group. Every one of them in, in Scott's girlfriend, Jenny, also jumped in. Tressa jumped in. But we just made it happen. And I think that that speaks to them having the same philosophy that we do when it comes to this this convention and, and, and the hobby in general. Everybody jumped in. No one complained, though I'm sure there were times they said things under their breath. They may, may have said things when dinner. But in the moment, everyone had smiles. Everyone just did what needed to be done, even if it was a last minute. I mean, there was two or three times where people were like, hey, can you run a game now? And people would just l- literally run to a table and run a game because another GM canceled and we didn't want to leave players hanging. Um, you know, when the scheduling system went down and we were scrambling trying to figure out how we could make sure we didn't overbook and cause a bad experience, people just made it happen. And no matter how much planning I had done beforehand, if it wasn't for those people, the weekend would have fallen apart. Could you talk about how we didn't have any problems? That's because we fixed them as we went. And that is absolutely on those guys' shoulders. So once again, guys, Thank you so much. You were the lifeblood of a Catacon 2016. We literally could not have done it without you, and you have my eternal gratitude for that. Uh, I didn't get sick at a Catacon. I don't think you got sick either. I mean, we were exhausted. Exhaustedly tired, but not sick this year. We were starving because we barely ate. Uh, We were tired as hell. I lost four and a half pounds that weekend. Wrong way to lose weight, but whatever. (laughs) Hey, I'm on a diet, so I'll take it. Yeah, uh, a, a Catacon went very smoothly, and I'm very proud of that. Uh, we as a group pulled together. We're, we've all worked together for long enough that I think we just know that sometimes you got to dig in your heels and get it done, and, and that's what happened, so that was awesome. Uh, you already mentioned Scott and Jenny from Baltimore stepping up to help out. They deserve another huge shout-out. Jenny was awesome. Jenny stepped in and did so much work. Uh, Scott ran fantastic games and still had time to run over and help out with the game table and the prizes. He made all of that happen so well. So uh, special shout-outs to those guys. Matt, of course, helped me out a lot with the... Uh, game library and the play to win games and the raffle so i really really appreciate matt hanging out and and helping me manage all of that so much so much just i i I can't get to because i don't remember it all i mean this was (laughs) a blur of three and a half or so days where everything just went very smoothly yes it was chaotic yes it was stressful but it all worked out and honestly 
I think one of the highlights we need to point out is the VIP event. I, I'm not bringing that up because I want to sell VIP tickets. I'm just bringing this up because I am honestly surprised by how fun that was. Our first VIP event was a little rocky when it started, but we ended up having a great time. The VIP event this year was just from the get-go a great time. People were hanging out. It was great to see each other. It, we had time to spend hanging out, playing games, catching up with what we'd been doing in the past year. It was legitimately an amazing social event. And I think that just set the tone for the whole weekend. If, if we had walked into the hotel and that VIP event had been slow or uncomfortable or just not as good as it was in reality, I think we, we would have carried that tone into the rest of the weekend. But because that event was just so fun and it was all about, let's just hang out and talk. Oh, hey, you want to sit down in the corner and play some card games? Great. You guys want to bust out a board game over there? Great. Let's just hang out and chit chat? Great. That just created the right mood for all of us because the faculty were there, the staff were there, a lot of the guests were there. That just carried into the weekend and that set us up for success. Yeah, I agree. I think the VIP event went very, very well. And that was the next group of people in general that I wanted to thank. And we didn't even plan this one out. This was just serendipitous. But we don't know what value we necessarily bring when we come, when we ask for the VIP ticket. You know, it's it's almost double the normal cost. The, the biggest thing that we can bring is that you get to register early. But really, as small as we were, even then, I don't know how valuable that is. So the fact that there were 15 people that either just wanted to support us, whether they cared about the VIP or thought enough about the the event we were putting together that they were willing to spend a little extra money. We had 15 people that gave us a substantial amount of money to be VIPs for, for maybe not a lot of tangible benefit off the bat. Now, it worked out very well this year because one of our larger sponsors, EasyRollerDice.com, uh, they provided a set of really nice metal dice to all of our VIPs. But we didn't know that when we set up the Kickstarter. That wasn't a, hey, you get a VIP, you get this cool set of dice. That came after the fact. We can't guarantee that'll happen again. So I think they did get a value for their ticket this year, but they didn't know that going in. It was sort of a leap of faith that, hey, we want to support you guys. Here's some extra cash. If we don't get anything out of it, so be it. And then the only other thing else we really did was invite them to this VIP event. They didn't get food on us. They didn't get drink on us. They just got a chance to hang out socially with us and some of the other special guests. And like I said, it was it was a ton of fun. And I think the VIPs that came also had a lot of fun. So I'm I'm super excited that we have people that, and granted, we know some of them very well. Danny and John are going to support us no matter what. Eric and Rachel are going to support us no matter what. And we have some other, you know, like Uber fans who've been listening to us for a long time. Again, I just want to say thank you for that, that leap of faith that you were willing to do that to help support us. Because this is a small business now. We we are business owners. We we have a financial investment in seeing a catacomb succeed. And when we go to Kickstarter and we have a very quick boost where you know we sell 15 VIP tickets, basically they they sell out within moments. That's a large percentage of our overall goal and it gives us a lot of encouragement to continue to push forward. It it builds momentum so that other people that jump on the Kickstarter see that we're already X dollars ahead. So it, it means a lot just for having the event to have that 
that those people help us. And so I just want to once again say thank you to all of the VIPs uh, who came this year, and hopefully you will want to come back. I, I think we should take this transition and actually thank the special guests that came out as well. Yes, this was kind of a professional appearance for these people, and I don't think it is too much of a uh, peek behind the curtain to let you guys know we did cover a lot of that expense. Part of uh, the cost of the Akatakan budget was bringing some of these well-known, important people in our industry and in the podcast world to Akatakan, but these people still agreed to do it. They still made time in their schedule. And a lot of these people are going from con to con, weekend to weekend. We know that Metatopia was the weekend before a catacon. Fall is a big time for conventions. So I think it's very important to uh, rattle off some names and extend our gratitude to these people. So, uh, uh, Michael, why don't you use your dulcet tones to, to extend our love and appreciation for these wonderful folks? So when I always say that you're going to use your dulcet tones to read our iTunes reviews, I'm not sure that's applicable to actually your voice. I know it is not applicable to mine. But with that, our special guest this year included Rich Baker, uh, returning guest from last year, author, novelist, game designer, part of the Sasquatch Game Studios, uh, work, currently working on Alternity, probably most famous for Red Hand of Doom and multiple iterations of, of D&D. Awesome, awesome guy. Anytime I've had a chance to talk to him, he will just share his breadth of knowledge about the industry, about game design, about just being a good uh, ambassador to the, to the hobby. Uh, and I know even this year, one of the one of my sort of friends of the podcast happened to run into him at the bar- barbecue place next door and had like a 45-minute conversation with him. And, and that guy said that was probably the highlight of a catacomb was just running into Rich and having a chance to sit and talk to him forever. Uh, Rob Schwab, who again it may be my one of my favorite people in the universe. I, I've shared before some of the somewhat emotional experiences I've had that relate to him, but he's absolutely been a big supporter of ours. Uh, whenever I send emails asking for help or guidance or just talking about a catacon, he was almost always the first person to respond. It's always a yes. It's always I'll do whatever I can for you. And I know we have people that come to a catacon just to play in his games. Um, so Rob is a big part of our success uh, now and in the future. Keith Baker, first time guest this year, one of my personal heroes. Again, Eberron is by far my favorite campaign setting. I absolutely love that game. Pretty much anything Keith does on Kickstarter, I'm going to back instantly. Phoenix Dawn Command is awesome. The new game Illimath that he's working on, I got to play it with him at the VIP event. It was it was definitely one of my highlights. Just an all around cool guy, also willing to give time and expertise. Uh, can't thank him enough for being there. First time guest Kenneth Height from the very popular Ken and Robin Talk About Stuff podcast, the Emmy winning, not that I'm bitter podcast. Uh, he's also a, uh, award-winning game designer and author and just a dude is so, so smart. It's almost intimidating to talk to the guy, but he's very down to earth. And, and again, we'll give you, you know, all the time you need and talk to you like an equal when you're clearly not, uh, on his intellectual level. Uh, we also had two local authors that came by Tim Wagoner, who I uh, didn't realize he was in Dayton, but he's written a bunch of novels. He wrote some of the supernatural novelizations. He wrote a D&D Eberron uh, series of novels. The, I think 
I'm going to screw up the name, The Blade of the Flame, I think, was actually a really good series. I really enjoyed it. And then Andrew Seipel, uh, who's a self-published author, uh, he came and did some panel talks as well. And then from the podcast world, geez, oh, Pete, there's so many. You know, specifically, James was there from the One Shot Podcast Network. Obviously, uh, he's like a big brother to us in a lot of ways. He's been very supportive of us, having us on his show, coming on our show, supporting the Catacomb, you know, through letting people know he's coming. Jim McClure was there from Talking Tabletop, uh, you know, Third Act Publishing. We're going to come back around to that because he's one of our sponsors as well. A lot of our our network peeps were there. Christopher from the Sharkbone podcast was there. Quinn from the Swallows of the South podcast was there. Cinda and Emily from the She's a Super Geek podcast was there. Kendall and Chris from the Redemption podcast were there, as well as Michael, uh, who's one of the voices on the Redemption podcast. Kendall did a lot of our layout design for all the table toppers and all the banners, and he did all that free of charge, just did it out of the kindness of his heart, and it looked professional because it probably was. He probably should have been paid for that. Um, Shane, our good friend from Title Party Thrill, was there. Uh, Chris and Phil from Mr. Eddie and Mark were there. And I'm probably going to miss somebody. Oh, all the people from Fandible, uh, like their, their whole group came out. And again, they gave us a very nice donation as well as coming out uh, and running some games. So really appreciate those guys. And of course, I cannot forget about the U2 Can Cthulhu Gaming Group, which many of our guests, including some of our VIPs, come specifically for those games. Uh, they put on these one-of-a-kind half-LARP hybrid RPGs that are just amazing events to be a part of and i'm so thankful that they also want to come and hang out with us uh, and provide their their unique games in our in our venue uh they are definitely coming back next year uh and they will basically as long as they want to come back we'll provide a room for them because i just i love those guys bob and his team are just amazing people and i'm so thankful that they found us and want to be a part of what we're doing as well and then again i'm sure i'm forgetting someone i'm gonna apologize can you think of anyone i'm missing off the top of your head Oh, man, no. That's why I wanted you to say all the thank yous, because you would remember it more than me. <laughs> yeah. So if, if I forgot you, I am so sorry. I, I will mention Will Hindmarch, who was supposed to come, and then sort of not last minute, but close to last minute, had to cancel. He was actually asked to officiate a wedding. Uh, I told him, absolutely, you can't pass that up. But he is actually going to, he has already written a module that he's going to allow us to provide to all the guests who came via email and a download code here in a few more weeks. We're working out all that um, swag that all of our attendees will get. So since he couldn't come, he didn't want to leave us empty-handed. He didn't have to do that, but he did it, and it was awesome. I really, truly believe that he is sorry he couldn't come, and I think he plans on coming next year as well. Just across the board, we had so many – again – our faculty helped us put this event on, absolutely, but we also had so much support from outside. What I bring to the table is always is childlike enthusiasm, not always a lot of technical skill, but I've seemed to have a talent for getting people, maybe they feel sorry for me, but they want to help. They want to see us succeed, and as long as it works, I'm, I'm not going to complain. So we could probably spend a couple hours thanking people and sharing our memories and talking about what happened at Catacon 2016. But it is Thanksgiving when this episode comes out. People have other things to do. Why don't we try to nail down one or two really great moments that made a Catacon 2016 special for us? Well, before, before that, though, I do have to give a couple more thanks, and then we'll do Jeez. that. Because we had a couple... 
We had a couple larger sponsors that stepped in that made a big difference, and one was Tim Witham. Um, he is the CEO of the uh, Medieval Interactions Gaming Company. It's a local game company here in Dayton. Uh, they're working on their first products that are going to be launching soon, and uh, they did all of our lanyards. So if you saw, it actually had their name and our logo on it. They basically absorbed that expense, which was, frankly, several hundred dollars that we didn't have to spend out of our pocket so that they could have lanyards and the badges, which we printed, but, you know, that's, again, a couple hundred bucks that we didn't have to spend, which makes it easier to make our budget. And then I want to give Jim McClure a very specific shout out. He was by far our largest individual sponsor. He, he gave us the money through his company, Third Act Publishing, which includes him as well as his silent partner, also named Jim. It was a very sizable donation. And I knew kind of early on that was coming because he had told me that he wanted to do something for us. And that gave us the fact that I knew that was kind of like, I will say in my back pocket encouraged me to know that we could do what we wanted to do. It was one of the reasons why we moved to the commission center. Cause I knew that we had some money coming in if we needed it. And just again, cannot thank them enough. And then I want to give a quick last shout out to our dark hearts crew, which includes Shane, Melissa, Scott, and Jason. Uh, they signed up for our year-long Shadow of the Demon Lord campaign, which was a fairly large dollar uh, reward on the Kickstarter. Shane kicked in some extra money. Even though he was a special guest, he still paid his own way and uh, and came and hung out with us. Um, and I'm pretty sure that Scott, Jason, and Melissa also gave us some extra money. Uh, they have been extremely generous for a very long time through the through Patreon and last year's Kickstarter and this year. And then, of course... Colin, Darcy, Cinda, you, and Jim all agreed to run games online through the Kickstarter, uh, as well as some of our network peeps, uh, Christopher and Lucas and some others, Kevin, for that Shadow of the Demon Lord game. So again, I'm sure I've, I forgot someone. I, I apologize if I've left anybody out because this is that whole, it takes a village to run a convention metaphor or something like that. Because there's just, we could not have done it if it was just you and I would have been impossible. We had so much help from so many different quarters, whether it just be encouragement, financial support, technology, you know, expertise, that um, I'm so very thankful that I am part of a community that wants to see this happen as much as I do, because without them, it wouldn't. So with that out of the way, I will go back to you. What is what is one of your highlights of the convention? Honestly, one of my highlights is seeing friend of the show, John Neary, being a goddamn amazing DM. This is a guy who's been a fan of our show for a long time. He broke into being a dungeon master, game master, because of a lot of advice he's heard from us, a lot of conversations he's had with us, a lot of encouragement he's had from us. Uh, He jumped into the deep end of the GM pool last year at a catacon, Uh, But he got out pretty quickly. He didn't go for a long swim. He was in and out. Uh, (laughs) This year, he was in for the long haul, and he absolutely crushed it. I I heard so much great feedback from his players. I loved walking through the hall just to see him standing above his table, gesturing like a madman (laughs) to bring whatever NPC or monster he was working with to life. And that's one of the the highlights, if not the highlight of a catacon for me. What about you? Uh, I have a couple uh, favorite moments. Again, I want to echo what you said. I actually had 
some players talk to me also about how much fun John's games were. So, um, John, if you're listening, man, you you knocked it out of the park, dude. So thank you for supporting us and thank you for coming and running games because that ultimately is what supports us probably more than anything is we need DMs to run games for our players to play. <laughs> that also reminds me, also thank you to uh, uh, Avi uh, for the double exposure Envoy program who's provided us with the uh, the play to win games. And again, I know I'm forgetting someone. I'm sorry. There's just too many people. I got to play Illimat with Rich Baker and Keith Baker. And Brad was there too. I don't want to minimize that, but that was kind of a, a special moment for me to get to play with the Bakers. No relation. Uh, get to play uh, Keith's new game. And the frustrating part was we played a, we played one round and I crushed it. I killed him. I had by far the best score, and I cheated on accident. But they let me keep the cheat because it was like the last play of the game. So even though I would have won without that play, it's tainted because I won, but I cheated. So it's definitely a moment that I will uh, I will remember forever. And the other one is that kid, Andrew. Uh, I know I, I took a picture of him. Uh, he won one of our play-to-win games. That kid has more enthusiasm than I do, which there aren't many people that do, but he he had the best time. Like if there was a ranking of who had the best time at a catacomb, it was that kid. His poor mom and dad got drug around that hall. It was it was so sweet and yet sad at the same time. There's one part I think his dad was all but asleep at the table. This kid was non-stop the entire time. He always had a smile on his face. Everything that happened was the best thing that ever happened. And just could not have had a better time watching him enjoy the thing that we put on. So it was it was awesome to see that kid and just that's why we want to do this. You know, obviously it's not it's not the money, the potential for money. It's the fact that we are providing the space for people to have that much fun and that makes me very very happy. Another great moment for me, uh, I want to shout out to fan of the show Nick uh, on Twitter, you know him as I Blue Wizard. He invited me to sit down and play some uh, Betrayal at House on the Hill with him. He had picked up the Widow's Walk expansion. Uh, he came right out of a U2 Can Cthulhu game. Uh, and he even was nice enough to sit around and wait for me because uh, we ran into uh, the raffle on Saturday night. So that took a huge chunk of time for me to get that taken care of. Uh, but he and his crew just hung out, got some food, waited for me to get done so that we could hang out uh, for a little while and play that game. I love Betrayal at House on the Hill. Uh, this is the first time I had seen the new expansion, new cards across the board. It was a great game, and it ended with a perfect horror movie moment. The last person left alive drew the only card that could win the game for the non-traders and made the only possible die roll that could have accomplished what was needed for that card. It, it was a perfect moment, and that was such a blast. So that that was a cool thing to bring up. Awesome. And yeah, I got to, got to hang out with Nick a little bit as well. I also got to spend some time with Joey and uh, Richard, who are two of our top-tier Patreon patrons, uh, both big fans and supporters of the show both made the trip out to play with us. And and, and that's the thing that I still, I, I don't know that I'll ever get used to that. And again, I, I don't want to use the term celebrity because I don't think that applies to us. But in that small specific moment and in, in, in that world, 
there are people who appreciate what we do through the podcast and who want to spend time with us. And I find that ridiculous, but awesome at the same time. Uh, Joey asked me to sign his his DM his player's handbook for fifth edition, which I gratefully did and made it huge so that I took up the entire page because that's the way I am. Uh, again, it's just it was just awesome. Again, I'm I'm beaming now. I know you guys can't see it, but it's I just had the biggest smile on my face, not because someone wanted my autograph, but because we have created a thing where people want to come and play games, and that's just a part of that. Uh, now we were pretty busy the whole weekend, but we did get to sit down and run some games. I don't think we want to spend the time describing and and recapping our games here tonight because we're both pretty tired since we've uh, both been back to work this week and it's been pretty rough. Um, I I did get to uh, run a great game of Wushu uh, for a couple really cool people. Uh, We did a completely improvised at the table, weird West Deadlands meets Lovecraft kind of thing. One of the highlights of that game, someone played a dog. (laughs) And that dog was the best character in that game. So thanks to Wushu, you can play a dog if you want. (laughs) I ran ran Scooby-Doo Dread again. Yet again, one of my my favorite games. I'm actually in the process now of writing that up to go on the on the website, so people will be able to download uh, the Scooby Doo Dread game and and know all the secrets. And I'm starting to work on my next one, uh, which I hope to unveil at Origins, which will be a Star Trek themed Dread game. Uh, I also one of the other highlights, I guess, I'll just quickly mention is I did that play test of that game I'm working on, and everyone really really liked it. Uh, very positive feedback enough that I'm encouraged to keep. Working on it, uh, I'm going to continue to do some development, and uh, I think I definitely want to push it towards that GMless thing, which, which I think that's where that niche would be. So that was a lot of fun, is to to do a play test and have everyone universally say, "Yeah, this is good. This is definitely something you should keep doing." So I like that a lot. I think ultimately we can walk away from a catacon with that sense of vindication, whether it was from a game we ran, a game we designed, just seeing the success of walking into the convention hall and seeing a couple hundred people playing games, knowing we put that together, seeing the vendors over there, seeing the Artemis bridge crew game in the back full of people with people watching and people waiting to play people sitting in the panel booths, uh, DM Mitch running a geek horse trivia game amidst the chaos of a full blown game convention. There are so many things that we can just sit back and say, Hey, we did a good job. I, I think in the back of our heads, we we always knew that there was so much more to do and that going forward, we would have to push ourselves harder to top what we did to continue that momentum. But still, walking away with that sense of accomplishment and vindication and just happiness from seeing all these people coming together, supporting the Academy, supporting our motives, what what we put forth out there, being inclusive, welcoming people into the hobby, supporting that attitude, supporting that mantra, that mindset, that was that was the best part, honestly. So it's safe to say that we, despite all the work we put in, had a blast, and we want to do this again. Not that there was ever really a question about that, unless something just horrendous had happened this year. That was on the books, and and we did make a little money, not a lot, but we made some, and we're going to roll that money into next year. 
Uh, I've already been talking to the facility, and we're going to rent a couple extra side rooms. So in addition to have a room separately for YouTube King Cthulhu, we're going to have two separate rooms for panels, because that was probably the biggest feedback negative from the gaming hall was that the panels were hard to hear. So we're going to move them into their own room, and that will give open up more space for vendors and game tables. So there's a lot of work to do. Obviously, we're going to take, again, the rest of the year pretty much off. Try not to think too much about it. Try to rest. Try to recuperate. But we have already finalized, set the dates. Well, I don't say that. I don't say finalized because I haven't signed the contract yet. But everything is in place, barring a tragedy. We are going to be back at the DCC, Dayton, Ohio, November 10th, 11th, and 12th next year for a Catacon 2017 something-something game-related working title. I think you just nailed the subtitle. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a little long actually we, we might need to shorten that up a little it'll bit. still fit on a shirt don't worry yes uh so thank you again to everyone who came thank you to everyone who just, who just supports us by listening because i mean let's be honest if we didn't have an audience for our podcast we wouldn't be doing a catacon those things are tied inexplicably together in a way that, uh, you know, I just, you can't pull them apart. If we didn't have the show, we wouldn't do a catacon. So whether you come or not, whether you support us in any way, as far as like Patreon or donations or not, doesn't matter. The fact that you listen to our show and help give us a voice in this com- community has encouraged us to try to do more. And I want to thank everyone listening for that. Um, so I guess that is it for now. There will be, uh, some more information about a catacon 2017 coming out after the new year. We also have a faculty retreat that we are planning for late March where we're going to get together, play some games as just a faculty, uh, and our network people and then do some planning. So expect, uh, expect more information around March, April, but again, November 10th, 11th and 12th back at the DCC, uh, next year. So, Caleb, any final words before we wrap up tonight? A Catacon 2017 mandatory naps. I like it in theory. doesn't have a good ring to it. We need, we need to work, get into workshop that a little bit. I don't care if it's the name or not, but it has to happen. Mandatory naps <laughs> is a part of the schedule. <laughs> well, I'm hoping to be about roughly 70 pounds lighter. So then maybe my feet won't hurt so bad when I'm walking around on that concrete all day. Hey, my feet hurt pretty bad, too. Well, yeah, but imagine if I was on your back. Oh, now I'm tired again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes, we can tell because we're getting punched drunk. So just once again, if you deserve a thank you and I didn't give it to you, I am sorry. You deserve it, but we are frazzled. Uh, We'll get you next time. So until then, for Caleb, this has been Michael, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out therpgacademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show 
and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the DriveThruRPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at therpgacademy.com and reach us on social media, such as Facebook and Google Plus at The RPG Academy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, The Caleb G, at The Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at The RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.